0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Premier, uh, so Saskatchewan and Alberta sent, and Western Canadians beyond uh, the two provinces, sent the Trudeau Liberals a very significant message on the 21st of October. Now, I'm curious how you see the federal government, and now a minority reality, Having responded your your visit with the now deputy prime minister Freeland, and uh, also has the Trudeau government through the deputy prime minister offered you any significant assurances of any kind concerning bills C sixty nine and C forty eight? Can we start with that?
1: Yeah, I, I would say nothing of of vast significance uh, yet, and it might be just early to expect. Uh, you know, I. I I start or our large change in direction just yet, but I, I will give credit where credits due. Uh, the 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 federal government, this minority administration, has has reached out and engaged. Uh, I'll speak for myself and and for our province of Saskatchewan. Uh, they've engaged. They've listened. Um, I had a a lengthy meeting with the Deputy Prime Minister uh, the other day, and I would say it was a an engaging meeting. Uh, there was a good uh, good conversation back and forth on. You know, not only on a new deal uh, for our province, but on how we we can uh, uh, potentially collaborate to enhance our our opportunities abroad, if you will, um, and, and, and enhance our opportunities to continue to get our products abroad. So it was it was a good discussion. But what where the the proof will be is in the action. And and we all heard the prime minister's uh, words that evening that he he identified and understood the frustrations of again. I'll speak to Saskatchewan people. Um, and he was wanted to be there to support them. So it's all good to engage and listen, and I give them full credit for that. Um, But there needs to be action at the end of the day, and we'll be uh, be looking for that in the days, weeks, months ahead.
0: What do you uh, predict, what can you tell us about what the key issues will be for the premiers when you're all seated together, when you're talking about the issues that are confronting this country, confronting our regions, confronting the provinces? What are the key issues that are going to be on the table?
1: Well, the, the key issues, uh, well, first, we're going to be looking for issues where we can come to a consensus. This isn't a broad-based meeting where we're going to try to cover as many topics as we normally would at a at a regular annual uh, Council of the Federation meeting. This meeting was brought together in light of the, the deep divisions uh, in various areas of this country that manifested themselves in the results that we all observed as Canadians on election night. There was a number of premiers that had reached out to me and asked if if we could come together uh, to have this meeting to find uh, some, some steps forward, uh, not only for potential guidance for the, for the federal government. And if there's, you know, 10 provincial premiers and three territorial premiers that come to a consensus on a topic, I would, I would think it would be in the federal government's best interest to pay attention uh, to uh, that, you know, that consensus-based decision. Um, but also to to uh, show Canadians that there is strong leadership at the provincial level, and uh, we, although we come from different stripes and different backgrounds, and most certainly represent uh, different uh, and diverse regions of this country, uh, that we can we can work well together. So, you know, you're going to see discussions around environmental assessments. You're going to see discussions around uh, likely equalization, as well as uh, and probably a deeper discussion into the fiscal stabilization program, where there. Are some real opportunities, uh, I think, for us to to uh, craft a some suggestions to make that program much more responsive to uh, provinces that have had a, a dip or or sudden downturn in their in their economic fortunes. So, uh, you know, those are two examples where I think you'll see some active discussion uh, from provincial leaders from coast to coast to coast.
0: Well, let me just uh, focus on two of those issues that you mentioned, uh, and these are issues that I think are of significant interest to all Canadians and critical of critical interest to to many. The first one is the equalization formula issue, which pits, at its most fundamental now today, I think, Western Canada, particularly Alberta, against the province of Quebec. Uh, unfortunately, that's the way it's playing out in the minds of, of many people. In, in, in maybe both provinces and right across the country. So equalization, uh, Premier Kenney is talking about wanting to uh, revisit uh, the, the equalization formula and perhaps constitutionally change it um, and have a have a, have a a referendum on it. And the other issue is the one of pipelines. And the pipeline issue is extremely, I don't have to tell you this, is so extremely important and fundamental to the discussion of the debates and the questions that are being raised in this country. you would you just take... Take on both of those in, in in that order, please.
1: Well, let's let's yeah. With the the equalization is one of the ways in which we share wealth across this nation, and and it has garnered a lot of attention lately. I've been some of uh, you know providing that attention uh, to that program, as there are areas of our country that that believe the the program parameters are inherently unfair. Uh, there are also other areas of this country that are reliant on on uh, receiving equalization and balancing. Uh, their their provincial books, and so here's the dilemma that we have in this nation. Um, the that is a longer term program that will take some some effort at both the provincial and more so the federal level to to change. And it, you know, it's Saskatchewan's belief that there is unfairness in that program, and that's coming from a province that has collected in the past and and it hasn't collected for the last decade or so. Uh, the other program that comes in behind the equalization program, which is the slower moving. Uh, more predictable program, uh, but is the, the fiscal stabilization program, which is there to uh, provide investment in economies that have had experienced a sudden downturn, if you will, or a decrease in their GDP growth. And when you look at the fiscal stabilization program, there are very few provinces that have collected uh, anything from that program over the course of the last decade or so. And and, and it has some parameters in it, some per capita caps, uh, um, some of the triggers Uh, that I think need to have some discussion, so that if it truly is there to be a reactive, responsive program uh, to uh, drop in in your GDP growth in in certain areas, not just today, but for provinces uh, into the years ahead, five and 10 years down the road, um, we should look at that. And and that's what we're going to uh, do is have a a real good look, I believe, into the fiscal stabilization plan. That's one program. That's one that could be be, uh, corrected or, or... or altered in fairly short order to be more responsive for, for all Canadians, ultimately.
0: Premier, before we get up to the other issues that I was going to mention to you, and we're going to have to rush through some of these points, because there's the time always, The clock always gets us, even though we have half an hour. But you're, there's going to be an announcement made by you, uh, Premier Ford of Ontario, Premier Higgs of New Brunswick, uh, in the next is it 24 hours, about nuclear reactors in this country. What can you tell us?
1: well we've we've been looking at uh, small nuclear reactors uh, in the province of Saskatchewan uh, to replace uh, some of our our coal-fired power and we have some choices as we move forward carbon capture and storage uh, uh, small modular reactors are part of that choice and and we want to uh, you know investigate the potential of that very very seriously it is a, a very uh, real option for Saskatchewan as as we have about 30 percent of our of our power is still being produced by by unabated coal we have some additional that is has some carbon capture and storage on it so it's uh, cleaned up but we uh, we have to make some choices as we move ahead and i think this is a, a significant announcement where three provinces are coming together to uh in to uh you know move forward uh wherever they can together on uh, on this type of a technology and and uh, indicative of what provinces are doing, uh, where they can uh, work together to clean up our, our emissions profile here in the nation without a, a carbon tax. I would note these are three, three provinces that are, are in the Supreme Court with the federal government uh, challenging uh, their carbon tax
0: policy. So the three provinces, Saskatchewan, New Brunswick, and Ontario, would work together on this project. And, and ultimately, uh, all the, uh, the residents of all three provinces, and by extension the country, would benefit. Clearly
1: for certain and in saskatchewan's case um, you know we have a forty percent reduction target uh, we we can achieve that through you know natural gas with some degree of renewables if we are able to go to uh, small modular reactors that forty percent uh, uh, target actually becomes more of a of a seventy percent or eighty percent reduction target with uh, with small modular reactors because they are a zero emissions profile without even incorporating uh, in any of those uh, those said renewables, so it's it's a pretty exciting technology, and we're uh, we're pretty thrilled to uh, to make an announcement with two other provinces uh, to look at at uh, what technologies are available and potentially uh, maybe even get through to procuring a technology.
0: So what do you expect uh, by way of response then from uh, from Ottawa from Prime Minister Trudeau, who is absolutely committed to his carbon tax, and now we have the uh, the the eco Fiscal commission um, saying or th- that we need at least a quadrupling of uh, the carbon tax in this country in order to meet the Paris climate change or climate accord uh, requirements
1: well it it would do us uh, much better to uh, for the federal government to look at ways that they could participate in uh, in uh, uh, working with provinces uh, like the three uh, New Brunswick Ontario and Saskatchewan that are going to make uh, you know, a significant strides and uh, efforts uh, in an announcement like tomorrow to reduce our emissions. This is how you address a uh, global issue: is by sharing innovation and technology across our nation and and by extension around the world. You don't you don't address a global problem by taxing your citizens. Uh, and we've always uh, said that we have the Eco Fiscal uh, uh, Committee here. You know, you know <laughs> they're coming out with their reports. Uh, um, quadrupling the carbon tax uh, in in this nation they're, they're really foreshadowing uh, for the federal government in the hopes that the federal government would pick up uh, some of their policies and you know I, I've read a few of their reports and I've said on your show and and on other shows uh, they, they they tell part of the story uh, the, the reports that they reference as a carbon tax being effective are are they 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 reference a number of other items that the Ecofiscal Commission just conveniently leaves out, like everyone in the world is supposed to do it uh, in order for it to work. Uh, you're supposed to remove all of your other carbon-based legislation and regulations uh, for it to work. Uh, the Ecofiscal Commission uh, only tells part of the story uh, when it comes to uh, talking about a carbon tax being actually effective. It's not effective at $50. It's not effective at $215 or $10 either.
0: No, and they, they named themselves a commission. They're not a government agency, so uh, that's that's worth mentioning.
1: They're a collection of academics.
0: Yeah, and they have uh, Mr. Chrétien and Mr. Martin as a, on their advisory panel, but who knows how involved they are. And I believe Mr. Kretchen may be on on the board of Azerbaijan Oil, so there could be a conflict of interest. I don't know. <laughs> here's, here's where this lands uh, from Saskatchewan's perspective. Uh, uh, we're drying
1: a lot of our grain this year, Roy. Uh, thir- a $3,700 grain drying cost uh, this year. Um, and I can line you up, farmers that have a cost of, of that, and most of them are higher. But if you had a $3,700 cost of grain drying this year. By the time the eco-fiscal uh, would get their wishes, that would be $38,000 uh, for, for the same amount of grain drying with the carbon tax. And the average net farm income in our province is $39,000. So it's just a, maybe an example of how absolutely ridiculous this policy is, uh, how it would tax an industry that is providing food, the most sustainable food to the world, and, uh, and would essentially they're using the the very latest technology as it is today. So that that's that's really the the unrealistic uh, uh, goals that the Ecofiscal Commission has.
0: Premier Mo, let me come back to the issue of the nuclear reactors. So on Ontario, uh, New Brunswick, Saskatchewan, the announcement made tomorrow by you and your fellow premiers. Now, on Tuesday, is this going to be part of the discussion? Do you think there's an opportunity or a likelihood that other provinces will get on board and say, we want to be part of this as well, and then you'll be able to pre- 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 present a, a united front on this approach to the federal government? Well,
1: yeah, on, on Monday is when we're going to be... I'm meeting. sorry, I keep the saying small, Tuesday, yeah. Sorry. The small modular reactors are, uh, you know, relevant for these three, uh, these three, three, these three provinces or jurisdictions. There's others that may be interested, and we've talked with others about it. Um, as you know, uh, there's some areas that have some excess hydropower uh, in this in this nation as well, and and uh, there's opportunities to procure that around uh, as well. But uh, these are the three that are are fairly interested in it at this point. Uh, Ontario has a history of nuclear power as well, and and have made uh, paid the price uh, <laughs> literally. Uh, for much of the conversion and the uh, the emissions reductions uh, in this province of Ontario, so uh, we're we're happy to be moving forward with these three. If there's others that want to join, we most certainly um, will uh, you, you know entertain that for sure. Um, and I don't I don't I don't think we're looking for a consensus on small modular reactors, but I think when you look at what they can do uh, for uh, base load power and the emissions profile, of, which is zero, uh, by the way, um, it is. You know, it is it is something that all premiers, uh, I think all Canadians would be pretty fond of.
0: I have literally 20 seconds left. Oh, I wanted to spend so much more time on it, but the issue of Western alienation.
1: It's a challenge and it's real. And uh, it's real because of the policies that have been put forward over the course of the last four years. And this is why we have asked the prime minister, the deputy prime minister, uh, to take action on the words and the frustrations that were realized on on the federal election night, uh, we're going to work very closely, uh, trying to, attempting to uh, to help the federal government uh, in the change of those policies so that we uh, can can continue as a strong nation where we respect right. uh, not only uh, the diversity of our people from coast to coast to coast, but the diversity of how we create wealth.
0: Premier, thank you so much for the time. Always good talking to you.
1: Great, Roy. You have a great weekend.
0: Thank you. You too. Premier Scott Moe, who will chair the uh, Premier's meeting on Monday. I don't know why I keep saying Tuesday. On Monday in Mississauga, Ontario.